We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Double dose of the PME today. Feinberg, join me for a live reaction to the Ryder Cup picks. After that, I go through the latest trades, the injury report, and some guys that have made the team and are starting for their NFL teams, along with an update of the fantasy football rankings going into the season. Probably the last season-long update I'll do, so don't jump to the time codes if that's what you want to do. Join RunTheSims.com if you do care about winning money at football. And if you're worried about DraftKings this week for golf, the Omega European Masters on Mayo Media Network or Daily Fantasy Sports, The Mix on Mayo Media Network, if you're looking for the podcast version, Sky and Tom have two shows, one for betting, one for DraftKings that'll be coming out on Tuesday evening. So I highly recommend if you're needing the fix for your DraftKings golf to go check that out. All right, let's get to it. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings Emergency Show, Ryder Cup, USA Selections, are in the six captain's picks have been made by captain zach johnson here to break it all down with me as always jeff feinberg i don't think there's a single surprise on here you may say it's cameron young but i I never thought he was making the team as i've said so i think it went chalk no i'm not surprised at anything you could have bet sam burns at like plus 130 yesterday he was the pick of uh i joined our friend hustler he was his pick and Cameron Young, I guess there was a false sense that he would be on the team based on some Freddie Couples picks, but I long acknowledged that I would probably take Cam Young, but his selection would have been unprecedented on every level, in my opinion, in the sense that he would have had a winless season, healthy, he didn't go to Eastlake, the only entry onto an American All-Star team with that season resume would have probably required the bouncer to see a two-major trophy minimum. And he didn't have that. So that's where he was left out. If last year was this year, he'd have done enough. It'd have been the Scotty Scheffler replica, but he didn't do it this year. Well-deserving Sam Burns. I know the word bulldog gets thrown up, but he's a killer. He's an absolute killer. Um, He wants to take your money. He doesn't care if you're a 17 handicap. He'd play a match and happily take your money. Well, I, I think there's two reasons why we're seeing Burns on the team. He's played, I believe he played with Scheffler last year at the President's Cup, like their pals. So maybe it's a buddy for Scheffler to come in. That can be his teammate. It would be like if Xander had played like shit this year and then if he was on the periphery and Cantlay was most definitely on the team or the reverse, the other guy was just going to make it so he could play with the other one. It's the same sort of reason that JT is probably on the team. And if we're going to see him and Spieth end up as partners again too. And if Burns doesn't win the match play, do you think he's on the team? No, because it would have then been a winless season. But I think he won during the swing. Okay, fair. I, that, I'm not really sure. Probably not. So the Scotty Scheffler four-footer is what you're saying brought his friend onto the Ryder Cup team. Maybe essentially. Maybe, maybe that's why Scheffler and started his putting yips. Exactly. That one putt destroyed his entire season. I love how you you were the only or maybe even the first person to connect the dot that that was a moment where it, it broke for him in some ways. Uh, I've enjoyed recounting that moment throughout the season. As for Justin Thomas, 
we like to make it a world where it's like who deserves it the most who had this the six months that therefore they deserve this spot the most Zach Johnson, it's not like about who deserves it the most. It's his ability to try to, to make a decision as to how get, who, to create a team that gives the U.S. the best chance to win. He's the 12th man on the roster. I don't, I don't think people can really complain about it. Because of a lack of depth, Europe was forced into taking players who were like there were times Poulter and and Stenson Pat weren't even in their like top 14 in points and they would bring them because they didn't have depth but they would bring them and they were forced to use them to fill out like almost the middle to back end of the team not even the last like the very back end of the team so this is a luxury that the U.S. is strong enough and it's about a team I'm not certain JT even plays the first day they might send speed out there with someone else uh, to start this thing. But I, I was, you were on, you never wavered. I flip-flopped constantly, constantly. But in the end, I thought he'd be on and, and here he is. Well, I, I asked the, the people on the X at the PME for some questions here. Uh, this guy didn't really ask a question. He just made a statement with multiple exclamation points that aren't really statements. They're questions. Just says Cameron Young over Justin Thomas. Thomas hasn't played well enough this year. Why are people under the impression that Cameron Young has played really well this year? I'm not sure. Um, listen, I bet Cameron. I also had Cameron Young on the team late into the process because I bet him to win the FedEx St. Jude. <laughs> so when we did our prognostications that week, I was projecting a world in where he had a great FedEx St. Jude which probably sends him down the road uh, potentially to have done this. Um, and even the next FedEx uh, Cup event in Chicago. I, I don't know. Maybe there is a misconception about Cameron Young, but I thought late into the process that the U.S. would be forced to make a pick on reputation or expectation, which reputation was JT, expectation was Cam Young, but they were no longer in a position to be able to take both of them. And it seems like that may have played out that way. Um, not to get long-winded, though, Pat. Do you think, because there's been the talking point that taking JT can be detrimental to the long-term process. Why? That, like, you can't play your way on to the team. To me, I'm just like, it all resets again. Like, it, like I don't know. Reputation is really important. But I don't know what to make of not being able to play their way onto the, the team. I don't know who should feel that way. I wouldn't trust Lucas Glover on the team and Russell Henley never won. So maybe Keegan can feel that way, but he's probably the only one. Uh, Keegan and Glover, I think had legitimate cases to be on this team over Burns and Thomas. And I don't think that Thomas wasn't ever not going to be on the team. So it's one of the three. I mean, it came down to one spot. As we said, it was the Burns, Cam Young, Russell Henley, Keegan spot. I think Keegan got screwed the most, but if you want to take Burns, he's younger. He won the match play. He's buddies with Scotty Scheffler. They've played together in competitive events before. And he's won, what, six times in the past two and a half, three years, whatever it might be. Like, that makes a lot of sense to me. Now, now Keegan's won, hell, three times in the past two years. Finau's won three times or four times in the past year and a half, whatever it might be. But, like, at least Burns knocked off. Like, he won the last WGC event. And he won in a format that they are going to see in Rome. So I think if you connect all those dots, it makes the most sense. I still think that Keegan or Glover ends up being the better fit for the course that they're going to, like Keegan especially. It's not like he won some scrub events, like he won an elevated event at the Travelers. So it means he knocked off the best in the world. Glover just did that. He won the window and everyone was like, yeah, okay, whatever. But then he won the first leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs at a tournament where driver needs to be dialed in and you don't go into the water. You pick your spots and Hopefully your putter and irons can run hot. Maybe they're just saying like, hey, if we pair up Burns with Scheffler, Burns can make all the putts. And if you want to look at that list and say who has the ability to run, maybe not the hottest putter, because I think Keegan runs the hottest putter when he's putting well, but consistently the best putter, it would be Sam Burns on that list. Yeah, you're probably right. And for the most part, they went with talent, like talent superseded anything the talent that we know exists within all of these guys superseded everything 
Um, and in that case, that's why Cam Young lasted so long. And Pat, I hope like people, I don't know if you could have bet a lot because the maxes weren't very big on a lot of the bets that even months ago were posted on Ryder Cup odds, but especially recently. But those minus 500s that were sitting out on Cam Young for like two weeks leading into this decision today, like total savage. Hopefully no one lost a shirt on that. And people may have taken Freddie Couples, you know, at his word, which I can get why, or I can get why the books reacted to Freddie Couples' words. But once you started to put the puzzle together, like Cam Young was not a minus 500. No, they were off on that one. And maybe Couples was a, he knew Burns was going to be on the team. He wanted to move the market a little in his favor. So probably why you have those capped limits up there. Do you think anyone lost their shirt betting Kepka not to be on the team after Tim proclaimed it so? I I certainly hope not. I never bought into that for a second when it was when we discussed it. I'm like, is this a real thing or is this just like a couple people on the internet with a silly brainstorm? It wouldn't even have been worth the controversy. Not taking Brooks would have um, ignited. It's Brooks freaking Kepka, and you're playing mano a mano golf, you know, or tag team wrestling. Like, let's go. Oh, Bam- Bamford chimed in with a question at Bamford Golf. Oh, I want to give a special shout out because I didn't have a show in between. You see, Wiley won all the money in the final round showdown at Eastlake. Shout out to Wiley on that one. I think he won like 130K. Showdown King ends the season with a showdown bonanza. What's he going to do? Go buy another pony? I think that's what oh he's going to do. Yeah. What a, what a wagon. Tour Championship Sunday Showdown. He wins like 170K. Like, what an animal. <laughs> At Wiley77, by the way. I think I'm going to have him on later on during the week if I have the time. I forgot it was a long weekend. Jeff, in full disclosure, I quit smoking like three days ago and I can't be in a worse mood. I have no energy. <laughs> I just want to crawl into bed and sleep so i don't blow up at everyone the entire time just yeah i hope your kids don't like yeah hopefully they know like don't don't piss off daddy this week well my wife's sick too so i've been getting like extra kid time oh, in. So, no. like from the moment i got home from my trip my golf trip on the weekend i was like have my last cigarette on the course and then boom we're done gave away all the cigs drove home and like the kids weren't in bed yet and my wife was in bed sweating because she was so sick she's like you gotta watch the kids i was like oh god so it's just been uh not been great for me okay hit me bamford's question bamford's question is do we think that zj picks the team or the our picks the team or the on course leadership team of jt jordan and scotty actually pick the team okay um and this has taken a lot of heat and i guess that they knocked themselves into a corner when they announced like many months ago that jt was on like a player selection committee for the team no one would have foreseen the season coming for JT, but I guess that did put them in a spot where now people are calling it a good old boys club. I have made the jokes um, many times that, that that is possibly a reasoning. I would say for the final spot, it was as much up to Jordan and Cantley and anyone, Scotty, any group of leaders on this team made that decision like Zach Zach had the final call but I think what the leaders of the locker room wanted was more important than what Zach wanted or even what the data wanted as the data you know the analytics golf guys are like freaking out that Henley was disrespected today or something they don't care okay there's no one of sound mind who thought that Russell Henley was going to be the last captain's pick. A good was friend of ours is still banging that drum. Who, who is? Our buddy, uh, uh, Greg, who we golfed with at the DFS Open. Oh, and- Greg Les? Yeah. Yeah, it was never going to happen. But it's like, fifth, I don't know how his four months of golf and the concept of not like w- not winning a tournament in like the Fleetwood mantra doesn't really matter in the match play situational setup and he's a perfect course player i was never one who had henley on the team i'm saying there are still people who are upset about it and again my point being is the on course leaders their choice was weighted more than than the data decision or even what zach wanted that's my feeling on it 
Yeah, well, this was never going to be picked by a computer. But with Russell Henley, like if you're Russell Henley and you didn't win, you had no chance. Like Lucas Glover won twice and he essentially had no chance. One one hundred percent. And I'd say one of the funnier narratives out of the last week, Pat, which I sort of found the most annoying in terms of JT was that like Tiger was putting in the good word for him. Like in what world a Tiger wouldn't want to be wrong about anything. If Tiger didn't feel JT should have the pick, he wouldn't glad hand anybody. And that would also be like Tiger is putting his babysitter on a pedestal over his other really good friends who are also vice captains and part of the USA team. So that was like the most laughable JT narrative out of all. You can hang on to the Spieth friendship as maybe would actually be more legitimate than his Tigers babysitter relationship. Do you think that if we lived in a world where Tiger had rehabilitated himself and he was able to play in the open championship and he came like T30, that he would have been the last pick? Yes. Because the only tournament he played. 100 percent what would he need two rounds yeah do one one match and then the singles one i i am fully of a belief that tiger in any where close to a t30 gets the last man's spot oh matt asks if If tiger was healthy would it have been tiger and jt though probably yeah yeah like burns is the last man on i think this we know yeah, I know, but in a world where Tiger was healthy, could they have given Tiger and JT these spots? I mean, they just gave one to Sam Burns, so yes. Okay, so yeah, you're right. Tiger would have gotten the Sam Burns spot. You're right. Sorry, it took me a moment there. You're not the only one whose brain doesn't work properly. <laughs> if right. he, if Keegan was just competent on Sunday at Eastlake, does the narrative change and he's on the team? I think yes. I asked the question Sunday morning, does a T3 get Keegan on the team? I thought it probably would. You could see, like, like, and he almost knew it based on how emotional he got after every made and missed putt, like almost throughout the entire tour championship, Pat. I don't know how much you saw, you were out golfing, but like every every putt was like an emotional thing with him through the whole week i can assure you i watched very little of the tour chain actually we got rained out in our second round on saturday so we watched the i watched a bunch of the tour championship on saturday just to see hovland run away with it like it was morikawa in hovland when i tuned in and only hovland was remaining by the time i tuned out and i watched for like an hour so someone was wondering about burns versus keegan over the course of the season, like we put them side by side. I can look back. I'm on Fantasy National right now. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo to get yourself 20% off. Get the annual right now. Go FedEx Cup to FedEx Cup. Make it easy on yourself. Let's see here. Okay. So their stats are weirdly similar. And this is of all players. I can just take a look at the average in terms of strokes gained. Um, so the question itself was, Burns on the team because he's a better putter than Glover or Keegan. What do the season-long stats show as far as approach and putting with Burns, Glover, and Keegan? So I didn't even look at Glover because we know that Glover's been great the past three months, was not good before that. So let's just take a look past 50 rounds with Burns versus Keegan. Keegan's been better tee to green, doubly as good as Keegan as Sam Burns, tee to green. He has been a better ball striker. Their short game has been almost exactly the same. But to take a look at it on a per-round basis of past 50 rounds coming in, they both gain a fifth of a shot off the tee per round. Um, they both gain, or Keegan gains a fifth of the stroke on approach per round. Burns is break even. Burns is break even around the greens. Keegan is 0.1 gained. So we can take a look at putting. He is one tenth of a stroke better per round than Keegan Bradley. 0.5 per round to 0.4 per round. It's pretty crazy. Like these are very, very similar players. Their strokes gained per round is exactly the same one. Yeah. So I guess there's relationships maybe, or already a cohesive pairing that you have alluded to as well as if you knew one of them was going to play their best, who would you want? Ooh, that's a good, I good question. Probably Keegan. whose ceiling would you want? Probably Keegan. And whose floor is lower in a shit show? Probably Keegan, right? Well, I don't think in this style of tournament because like Keegan's downside is just he puts, he loses eight strokes putting or something. But that can't happen in a tournament like this. 
So I think his floor is higher, weirdly, in match play. They need someone who's Scotty's friend who can hit his putts too, right? Like yeah. that is all that like you've alluded to the pairing, but now the pairing, Pat, with where Scotty might be, which is so awkward to say based on how awesome he is, how many, how much he's won in the last year and a half, what he has won or two years, I mean. But they now probably need a like that pairing. It's so weird to think Scotty might need to be protected in a sense. Is that messed up to say? I don't like, think that. I don't think it's talking about him needing to be protected. You know it's what just, I mean. Can, what can we add someone to him that makes him better in terms of where his deficiencies lie? And I guess in that circumstance, although we've seen Keegan Bradley have some amazing putting rounds, the floor putting for Sam Burns is way better. So if you just get normal Scotty to show up and Sam Burns putts like he normally does or slightly better, Scotty just makes up for everything that Sam Burns does bad. Like if they're playing four ball, I guess, I guess if they're playing four ball, it doesn't really matter. He's not putting for him anyway. I guess an alternate shot. Yeah. And you would think, I mean, Scotty Scheffler, we know the guys that you're at, like the top are playing the five sessions, but is Scott, Scotty's playing five, two, we would assume, right? You can't not play five sessions after a Tiger Wood ball striking season. Well, well, this gets to a point here. Uh, Scrimshaw asked this question. Where is it? Where'd it go? Are Spieth and JT playing all four sessions together? No, I don't think so. They they didn't do four even at the president's. I feel like they took a reprieve in at least once and Did JT they... might. Didn't Spieth, didn't Spieth win all five points at the President's Cup? Yeah, he did. Who did he play uh, with in the round that wasn't JT? I'm now drawing a, a blank. Or maybe it was his, they broke up, maybe they did keep them together the whole time. They broke up, maybe it was Cantley Shoffley who they broke up one time at the end there. No, I, I thought they played together every time too. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's see here. Spieth, Thomas, Spieth, Thomas, Spieth, Thomas. Spieth, Thomas played all four matches together. I don't think, I don't think they play all four. Yeah, they, 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 I... sat, they sat Cantlay and Shoffley. In the oh. early Saturday match. I remember that because that Kai Bosch. Um, so, okay, well, let's try to come up with the, the pairings here. Because it's it's four, it's not five. The President's Cup, it's five teams go out. And not four like it is at the Ryder Cup. So, that's right, right? Four guys sit per session, per team. Yeah, four guys sit. So, it's easier to hide. Um, you can hide someone, no problem. If so, you really want to. If it was me... Because, I mean, for as much as we take Sam Burns, because he played with Scheffler, they they were the only team to lose on Thursday together. They halved on Friday. And then they lost on Saturday. They were a terrible team together. Uh, and then I don't think there's a guarantee. I mean, there's no <laughs> way that both those guys are playing. I would say <laughs> Scheffler has to play. No, I mean, the like, JT and Burns aren't going to be both overloaded. That's impossible. But I have no idea what to make of these pairings or where they lie, especially if I don't think. I guess they probably do have to start with JT and Spieth. Or do you Maybe. just sub Ricky and, Ricky and Spieth? What about Brooks and Harmon? Is that jokes? I was thinking Morikawa and Brooks or Scheffler and Brooks. Yeah, because Morikawa was a great, great playoff of DJ, right? So maybe you take a guy that 
has that sort of similar game. Yeah, he played with Cam Young last time too. Yeah, and they only played two matches together. They were one and one, but yeah, yeah they Fina don't have the Fina. defined. They don't have defined pairings, but I don't know. I would say Europe has even fewer defined pairings. Well, we don't even know who the last few guys on that team are. Like, if there's a chance that both Hoyguards make the team now, so they're playing together. Uh, I have no idea, but I just mean like I there aren't a ton of um like stalwart pairings on the European side that they'll have to probably get some fresh blood pairings in there. Maybe because they used to play. Who did Rom always play with? I don't know, but they tried him with Hatton last time, and I believe they played okay together. Well, really, no one played well together at that Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits. Correct. So let's see here. We can take a look back at the last Ryder Cup, too, to see who played with each other. Thomas and Spieth. And then Thomas played with Cantlay the second time around. And Shoffley played with DJ. But yeah, DJ and Morikawa played well together. Berger was on this team. Poor Berger. Is he ever coming back? Or is he going to pull on Anthony Kim? No, apparently he's supposed to play in September in some of the fall season events. Okay. Uh, so Morikawa and yeah, Morikawa and DJ were actually really good teams. Yeah, maybe it's Morikawa and it was Brooks and Spieth played together. Brooks and Berger played together. And also very, I don't know if you care about this, but America has like no runs on this course. What do you mean? Like if they're not playing in Mexico so they can wear white pants? No, I mean like no one has played this course ever on America. And apparently the Europeans have been have gotten over there. At least the guys you would have wanted to. Well, a couple of the guys have played. And then in the guys tournament. on the back end have won or have that got T fives here and stuff. But I mean, they're of significantly lesser talent, so maybe that that could be an equalizer for them. Yeah, no, of course. I'm just saying there's very little like actual on course familiarity on the American side. I mean, they're talent. They're more talented. That maybe shouldn't matter. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Rom played with Sergio. Paul Casey and Hovland, Westwood and Fitzpatrick, Rory and Poulter. So yeah, it's what I mean. That these are so they're kind of in a they're gonna have to get the next level going here. Uh Rory played with Lowry and Fleetwood played with Hovland. Rom and Hatton. That was their best session together. If that I'm was... Europe, I banana land pairings, Pat. Like, what would you do? I I would put I would put big boys out with big boys. These are four match sessions. Like we've already joked that the top six on Europe that we agree are the clear top six. There's a possible in total thirty sessions. If you just set an over under on how many they play, like was it twenty eight and a half, twenty nine, on those top six players, or am I overrating that for Europe? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like, do you put Hovland with Rom? Put it this way. Is there any combination where Rom, Hovland, and Rory are paired together? Or do they try to spread that out? I don't know. I would guess you would try to spread it out, wouldn't you? I probably would, especially in when they're playing their own ball. I guess I would try like, to spread that out. Like, if you have to take one of the goobers from the back end of the team, like, do you think Rose gets a ton of run? No, but I could see, I don't want to even call it a sacrificial lamb pairing, but I could see Rose being sent out in the afternoon with a young goober. See, I can see- I don't even mean that as an insult because I like all the young kids, but it's just like, okay, Rose, you're going to take a... Rory is actually known for taking on the babies. I was going to say, I, I could see him with McIntyre and Moronk. Oh, yeah. Rory and Bobby. That Maybe I'm just like got the Scottish in my head to think that would be cool. But Rory is, if you've seen in the past, Rory likes taking on the babies and leads them. Um, so maybe that would be their direction. But with my head on, on Thursday morning, Europe's like balls to the wall elite pairings only would you put lowry with fitzpatrick like a guy who can putt with a guy who can't putt lowry would be a very interesting alt shot player at the moment anyone getting fitzpatrick in alt shot 
would be a blessing because he just seems like it's just straight down the middle of the highway. Um, Lowry's a wild card in the sense that he is like more so than Rose. He is the um, like actual guy. Like he is a guy who kind of needs to be depended on who's playing quite poorly. Like horribly, actually, at the moment. Horrible for a while. Horrible. I don't know if that's true or not. Like Lowry and Rose are the two who are coming in like the worst form of this bunch. But you have Rom, Hovland, Rory, Fleetwood, Hatton, Fitzpatrick. There's your six. And then you can mix and match with the other guys between I think Lowry would have be the next guy that you would go to. Then Rose with Bobby Mack, Straka, Moronk, and then whoever's left over on this team. You could probably put Rom with Rom with Fitz or Rom with Fleetwood makes a ton of sense too. And Straka won't play alternate shot, but they're going to hope to God he can get white hot like he knows how to do on his own ball in a match. Right? Yeah, like, and, and in singles. Yeah, uh, and he can do that. Uh, and it doesn't almost matter what the course asks of a player. Like, white hot Straka is in there somewhere. Can they get it out? His floor is not low, and they won't subject anyone to taking to playing his ball, I I assume. But yeah, he's gonna get his afternoon run in 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 playing his own ball on Thursday, and then he's gonna play his match on Saturday. On Saturday, it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Get it through your head. Also, love the time change with it, Pat. It's gonna be perfect. What is? I mean, I can probably look that up right now. It is almost noon where I'm at as we are recording this. So if I go to World Clock, look up Rome. All right, it's. Almost, Toby, it's a five-hour difference from me. The one advantage of being in the world's worst time zone that I am is the European times are a little bit closer to mine, so it's a five-hour difference. That's not so bad. So it won't be like middle of the night for me. It'll just be, you know, mid-afternoon, kind of like the Open Championship shit. will start at like 5 a.m., 6 a.m. That's fine. Uh, can the swagger of the tall drink of water be replaced by anyone on this year's roster? No. Additionally, I would have said for this last spot, the fact that they took Burns, they should have fucking taken DJ or Bryson. Oh, you sing to my heart, Pat. And that would have gone to, I know people laughed at me. They didn't like how much I said it, but that was my Zach Johnson game theory of just bringing dragons. These are the last spots, just bring dragons. And that was JT and right, and, and, and Dustin. Although if they wanted to form dragon or better form, then maybe Bryson, but apparently he gashed his hand or something the other day. There's yeah. a picture of it. Might have done that on purpose to be like, see, I can't make the Ryder Cup. Slice. Why does it seem that Bryson wasn't even considered just a live bias? I mean, it's not a live bias. They're playing in exhibition events. <laughs> like that's, yeah, that sounds I mean, like a is that a cussed burner asking this question? Like they're not real events. So you have to judge them and how they did at majors, and Bryson was okay at the majors like if bryson had put in a good showing at the majors i mean he was very much in the discussion but what does a 58 a glorified weekend party do for you we here to say bryson's 158 and win at greenbrier is more prestigious than gooch's like four wins sure anyhow i saw a great tweet on sunday it was like well We've now, I can, thankfully, Victor Hovland has replaced Taylor Gooch as the best player in the world. <laughs> um, What was that, Bryson? Yeah, no, I don't know. He he hurt his hand anyway, so he'd be, he wouldn't even be able to play right now, or he's got like a huge gash in the middle of it, unless that was a troll or I got tricked on the internet. Uh, I don't hate the Dustin theory as well. Um, He might already have a vacation planned, but Rome seems pretty him for him and paulina oh man that couple's picture like the thursday night gala picture it's gonna have way less swag like no the reeds are gone the johnsons are gone getting like brian Harmon and his wife wait I mean, we're we're pretty sure that Harmon's just gonna play with wyndham clark aren't we i have no idea what the plan is on that is what is just pardon my ignorance what is the link that 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 is um the assumption for you i don't know just because who are you logically going to pair though like the, it seems like jt and burns are on the team to play with specific partners 
and those two are just partnerless. Like I could see Morikawa and Ricky Brooks and Ricky Brooks and Morikawa together. But you're gonna put Harmon with Brooks? Maybe Wyndham Clark with Brooks. I guess that could make sense. That would actually be pretty awesome, um, Pat. But here's the thing: the specific players you speak of that JT and Burns are brought on the team play for, to play with are Scheffler and and Spieth. And I don't think that the um, last man on the team is essentially guaranteed to be playing with Scotty Scheffler, especially you mentioned the resume at the last one. Well, they were paired together. Wasn't that impressive. So I'm not essentially sure. I, I don't, I don't know that that's a specific thing. I assume Scheffler is going to probably play with. Wyndham Clark, maybe Ricky. Maybe Ricky. I mean, Clark can putt, so that helps. Yeah, Clark. That that would be probably that would be a decent one as well. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't really know. Other than Cantley and Xander are probably going to be the first ones off on Thursday. I can uh, Friday, Friday, Friday. Pairing one. All and right, what's and- fun about the Ryder Cup, but we don't. Well, less fun is that we don't get the pairing matchups like we do at the President's Cup. That'd be so cool if they implemented that. You know, the pairing. Yes. Yeah. I was talking about that with Cust on the weekend where it would be, it would just be great TV to be like, Hey, Xander and Cantley are group one for us. And then you get to match them. Yeah. And then you get to see when like the team throws out, like what is an obvious lower end team. If they try to like, if they go for the jugular, like throw a powerhouse, it just adds a layer of of it just adds such a fun layer as opposed to the I'm a major league batting coach or manager. Here's my Ross. Here's my batting order. Let's see your batting order. Now we play, which is actually a not going to lie. The lineup reveal at the Ryder Cup also like I cannot wait. Like I'm I've got like my skin is crawling to see what the lineup reveals are and. Shout out the sports books. It's always important. You guys got to be on the ball. I know we're still a month away, but sometimes they struggle, Pat, in getting the turnover in the afternoon matches up quick enough, if you know what I mean. True. So maybe DraftKings Sportsbook will have that all figured out. Plus, football is going to be going on on that Sunday. Um, I guess that wouldn't really impact anything, but college football on Saturday might be more of a priority for them for the second set of Ryder Cup matches in that place. Experience! Another fantasy football rankings update. We had to do it. There's been injuries. There's been trades. And of course, players have been cut from their teams all the way down to ensure that there's only 53 remaining on the roster. Now, mind you, a lot of these cuts are not super impactful on any fantasy football rankings as if players who were good were cut. Probably shouldn't have been that high on the rankings to begin with. But I digress. If you're looking for the updated rankings, you can find those all down in the description right now. You can also find them at DraftKings Network. If you just want to search in DraftKings Network, Pat Mayo, boom. But using the description is probably the easier way to do it. LeagueSafe.com, if you use code Mayo in the icon up top that looks like a microphone, you can use LeagueSafe.com to make all your payments, store all your money for your fantasy football leagues, your survivor leagues, whatever it might be, and then you can easily pay out people from there. That way, no one has to get their hands on any money. You don't have to trade in cash. Someone forgets their cash. Like, oh, no, just pay by your credit card to LeagueSafe.com. You put in code Mayo up in the top, and then boom, Get an extra 10 bucks in that account. Give it to the winner. Keep it for yourself because you were the one as commissioner who did everything. I don't care what you do with the 10 bucks, just a free 10 bucks for you. You might as well take it. The week one listeners league is available down in the description right now. Three max entry, $15 to play, rake free, thus making it the best tournament in week one and every week on DraftKings. So let's fill that up and run the sims.com. Week one projections are now up. The optimizer, the contest simulations, the range finders, the prop tools, it's all here, but that's paywall. So run the sims.com code Mayo gets you 10% off. Highly recommend it if you are somewhat serious, even if you're like casually serious about playing on DraftKings or betting in the prop market, whatever it might be, you're going to want to have your sub to run the sims.com code mayo gets you the 10% off test it out with the monthly or the weekly i mean i would just get the full season because it's the best value but you know if you want to give it a spin now is the time to do it i believe it's going to be free for the showdown simulator for thursday night football we'll have shows later on in the week for drafting strategy and how to use those tools and the new tools at run the sims.com so let's get into it 
Talk about the three trades. Josh Dobbs was traded to the Arizona Cardinals. Colt McCoy was cut. The first time he's been cut in his career, by the way. And it looks like Dobbs, they haven't announced a starter in Arizona, but it's probably going to be Dobbs at this point. You don't want anything to do with this on the road at Washington in week one, even in Superflex. Like, I just don't know how you can get behind that. I'd rather have Dobbs over Tune in terms of like a super flex to quarterback or just quarterbacks that are such a premium, but regular fantasy, nah, you take a hike, pal, just like they told Colt McCoy to take a hike, pal. Trey Lance also told to take a hike to Dallas. So that's actually a pretty good situation for him. Not that he's playing at any time in the near future, but if you want to develop, if I listen, Kyle Shannon's probably a better coach. I mean, he is a better coach than Mike McCarthy, but it was clear that something had soured. They just didn't see it with Trey Lance in San Francisco. At least now, behind Dak Prescott, you have a player that can at least mimic Dak Prescott, albeit probably the really bad version of Dak Prescott. But, I mean, people were calling Trey Lance, you know, he's an explosive runner. He wasn't all that explosive, to tell you the truth. We were hoping that he was going to be super explosive, especially in the running game. That just hasn't come to fruition. He's still fast. It's like Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is an explosive runner, but he is going to run and pick his spots. He's a big dude, just like Trey Lance, big arms. So maybe he can learn something behind there. He just needs to get out of San Francisco. So that is probably the best thing for him. No fantasy relevance as of right now, but I guess if he was to step into that role in this high powered Cowboys offense, it could be pretty good for him. Even if he sucks, he could still produce fantasy points. The other one, and probably the most impactful trade as it pertains to fantasy out of these three, which is, I mean, the most impactful is going to be the Dobbs trade if he ends up starting. Because you're going to have to maybe play guys on Arizona. We'll see how bad your team is. Pierre Strong traded to the Browns from New England. So you had Jerome Ford and you had John Kelly battling for backup duty to Nick Chubb. So you think in your mind, what's going to happen to Nick Chubb if he gets hurt? Well, it's probably going to be Jerome Ford. I doubt it's going to be Pierre Strong. Pierre Strong catch passes. So this might limit, Not listen, I'm not going to say that Pierre Strong is just going to step on the field and be like, oh, he's going to play the Kareem Hunt role, catch all the passes. We're back down the toilet for Nick Chubb. It's not going to be like that. But I do think that Strong will see the field more than those other two right now if he can pick up on this offense uh, as he should pretty quickly and become a third down back, someone that we just kind of see on the field. Who was the other guy that the oh man, the other backup that they had on Cleveland uh, from a year ago? Uh, Demetric felt the metric system Felton he's more of a receiver than anything so maybe they use him out of the backfield as well for a similar type of role. but if you're gonna actively go out and get lucky Pierre, you can go on Urban Dictionary and check that one out. Lucky Pierre Strong, that he's probably there to catch some passes and try to, and listen, Chubb was never going to play 100% of the snaps. So I'm not concerned about it, but maybe Strong could have a little bit of flex appeal in PPR leagues, uh, depending on the role that he has or the game script that comes at the Browns this season. And I'm not adjusting Chubb whatsoever, but I could see that Strong be, could be the second most valuable PPR running back or even half point PPR running back on the Browns this season, even if Chubb stays healthy. Not someone you need to actively go target or even potentially want on your team, but there is a scenario where he does have some relevancy. So just keep an eye on him moving forward. All right. Injuries. DJ Chark did not play in the Panthers' final preseason game with a hamstring problem. Derek Wright filled into that starter's role to go along with Adam Thielen and Mingo because Chenault was hurt. Terrace Marshall was hurt. It's just a bad situation going on in Carolina. Hayden Hurst didn't even play all the snaps for the first time. We got Ian Thomas who reeks back onto the field. That's not good for Hayden Hurst shares. I still have him as like the 12th tight end overall, but he's a part of that like low floor, low, reasonably high floor, low ceiling club from like, I don't know, tight end 11 to 19. You have like your Dalton Kincaid's, the Laporta potties. Like those guys have upsides, but they might absolutely suck because most of the time rookie tight ends suck that you have these other guys who are like good for six points a week to eight points a week, depending on if they catch a touchdown or not. Maybe they have 14 during that week. Caden Hurst is firmly a part of that group. Ken Walker, still no sign of him. In the preseason, the rotation for the Seahawks has been Charbonnet, first and second down. DJ Wiki Wiki Dallas coming in on third downs, and it would probably stay the same for Dallas on third downs. And then we probably see a split on first and second downs, series by series, drive by drive, whatever it might be, from Ken Walker if he is ready to go in week one. That's still up in the air. 
with a groin injury right now. I don't expect him to play. He will be in the week one rankings that I do with Jake Seeley, but things can change the more we get those reports coming out. Alan Lazard has an AC joint. He is expected to be fine for week one. With Corey Davis retiring, filling in in his spot in two wide receiver sets was Miko, hard man, the caveman. Um... He did that, so you probably don't want him. And then Randall Cobb was on the field a ton, too, for the Jets. Well, Aaron Rodgers was on the field. But it looks like Hardman would step primarily into the two-wide receiver set role. Should anything happen to Lazard, you can file that away for week six or something if Lazard gets hurt. But he's going to be fine for week one. Seems to be the same case with Romeo Dubs at the moment. <coughs> Woo! Piling up the coughs right now. We were getting to that part of the season where they had, the weather is changing a little bit and you feel underneath the weather. But he didn't play for the Packers with a hamstring problem. We do know, not know what his status is for week one. They're hopeful that he is going to play. So we'll see how that turns up. But keep that on your radar. If you have drafted dubs or are going into your drafts this weekend, again, you can find all of the updated rankings down in the description right now. Even if you're watching this two days from now, I'll have them updated two days from now, even if there is no accompanying video to go along with everything. But you should sub to the podcast anyway and watch the videos on Mayo Media Network. Smash the like while you're here as well. Kenyon Drake was cut by the Colts. We still don't know what's going on with Jonathan Taylor as of this record. The rumors this morning before I recorded this was that they were going to make one more offer to Jonathan Taylor, maybe a deal like we saw Josh Jacobs get when he finally signed with the Raiders and Saquon, which was very similar to the Josh Jacobs deal when he signed with the Giants. That could be the Jonathan Taylor deal. I doubt it's going to be a huge one when he still may not play at least in week one. Kenyon Drake getting cut does tell me either they're very close with Taylor to either trading him or signing him or that Zach Moss, coming back from his broken wrist, is going to be ready for week one. And that would probably be Zach Moss as the starter in week one. Deion Jackson has been starting in his place. And then Evan Hull, Brett Hull's son, maybe? I don't know. Maybe he has a G white GT racer, just like Brett Hull used to have in the early 90s. If you're from Canada or the north of America, you would know all about GT racers. Probably don't have a ton of those in Texas. Either way, uh, Evan Hall looked like to be the better back, but he was definitely not the pass-catching back, and Deion Jackson was starting with Anthony Richardson the last time we saw them all on the field, although I would assume it would be Zach Moss who would be out there if he's ready. Traylon Burks is iffy for week one with a knee injury. Not good news for the Titans offense, so it's DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Chig Okongwo uh, should be fine for week one, so it'll be Hopkins and Okongwo who are out there. Maybe Burks can get back. If it's not, it's Nick Westbrook-Ikina. I assume who's going to be in his place. Um, we'll see how that goes. Jerry Judy, week one is in jeopardy with a knee injury. That is not good news. And of all the guys that I've talked about, <coughs> oh, excuse me once again, Judy's actually one that I knocked down in the rankings. You know, someone who's perpetually banged up already with a knee injury might not go in week one. I dropped him down from the DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Watson, 18-19 in the wide receiver rankings. Almost down, you know, just behind the San Francisco guy. So behind Debo, I'm way down on Debo versus the market. Uh, so I have Debo at 23, Ayuk at 24. Now I have Jerry Judy at 25 right before Marquise Brown, Keenan Allen, Drake London, DJ Moore. Michael Thomas, and then I bumped down Terry McLaurin to number 31 because of this toe injury. He is uncertain for week one as of this recording. There's still a ton of time before week one starts. There's over 10 days, so he has time to get healthy. But it did look great and when it happened. Jahan Dotson seems like he has a better connection with Sam Howell at the moment, so just bumped him down marginally. I'd still rather have McLaurin than Dotson, but it's not by much. So number 31 is where McLaurin comes in the wide receiver rankings. Dotson's at number 37. If you want to take Dotson over McLaurin, listen, I wouldn't do it. Hence, the rankings don't show that. But I understand if that's the way that you wanted to play it. Drafting injured guys going into the season is never great. Uh, like when it comes to Romeo Dubs and DJ Chark, that, you know, they're dealing with hamstring injuries. Hamstring injuries have a history of reoccurring. Joe Burrow has a calf injury. Calf injuries have a history of reoccurring if you push them too quickly coming back. So you always have to think about, oh, maybe they're fine for week one. Or maybe they'll re-injure themselves for six weeks in week one. That is the situation you want to avoid. Now, it's a foot for Terry McClure. It could be a toe. It could be something. You know, feet injuries are never good when you have to run on your feet and speed. Is a big, it'd be like having a broken hand as a receiver. You know, there's like certain things that you want to be okay on your body when you're a wide receiver. Foot, not great for old scoring McLaurin. And that's it for the injuries for the moment that matter to us. Uh, Puka, 
Nakuka. No, Nakuku, whatever this guy's name is. The receiver from Washington, Washington State, Washington, whatever one it is. He plays for the Rams now. He has made the team, and he is likely to be a starter. He sat with all of the starters in the final preseason game for the Rams. Uh, Listen, I I don't know if he's going to be good or not, but someone on this team is going to catch the ball. (coughs) Sorry, I am sick, by the way. (coughs) Rather than Cooper Cup. You can say it's going to be Higby. I would buy that. I like Higby. So there's two guys. Are they going to have 100% of this team's throws and targets coming in? Well, the defense isn't all that great outside of Aaron Donald. They might have to throw a ton. So you have Cup, you have Higby. Is it going to be Van Jefferson? Eh, probably not. Tutu Atwell? Eh, probably not. Puka? Yeah. There we are. He's going undrafted right now. Listen, he's not a must target. He's number 150 in the top 150 rankings, but I do like him. Uh, a little bit just as a complete flyer if you have the bench space in your leagues. The Dolphins released Miles Gaskin from starter in 2019 to cut in 2023. Christian Kirk seems locked into the sp- slot on the Jags, and he's playing significantly fewer snaps because of that. He is not playing in two wide receiver sets. That would be Zay Jones and Kelvin Ridley. Not to say that Kirk's going to be bad or anything, but there's only certain situations that he's going to be on the field. Once again, I got to... <coughs> <coughs> Oh, boy. Woo! Josh Palmer appears to have won the wide receiver three role, at least for the time being from Quinton Johnson for the Chargers. I still like Johnson better than Palmer for this season. I think that he eventually, he gets himself onto the field more, becomes that deep threat in the Chargers offense, but we'll wait and see on that. And the final thing I thought was funny from this week didn't affect the rankings at all. Washington coach Ron Rivera said that QB Sam Howell has a chance to, quote, be really good. Thanks, Ron, for that wonderful insight on your starting quarterback. I hope he has a chance to be real good. But for fantasy purposes, he's going to run a bunch. That's always good. They might be losing a bunch. That's also really good for fantasy. (coughs) Oh, my God. I got to go take some medicine, get myself checked out. We got AFC wins coming later on in the week. NFC wins out. Best bets already out. Runthesims.com, code Mayo. Do all that fun stuff. The rankings are down in the description right now. I am Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.